headline. As drought worsens, Whatcom farmers call for immediate action. Welcome back to The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. What's this immediate action and what's going on with the drought, particularly here with farming in Whatcom County? Farmers in Whatcom County here are urging all parties to come to the table and begin collaborative work to protect fish and local farming. So what is the story here? Joining me on the farming show on this Saturday morning is Fred Lickle, Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers. Fred, thanks for being here this morning. Thank so you, are, yeah, are, are farmers really hurting from this drought out here or what, what exactly is the reason for alarm? Well, I think it's a combination of both the short-term and the long-term, long-term issues, Dylan. You know, the, the short-term, yeah, we had a dry spring, as most people know. Mm-hmm. April, April, May was some of the, one of the driest on record. Um, and then we had, of course, the really big June heat wave. And uh, that has created some, some challenges in places where people don't have good access to water. But it's also made us look at, okay, what's coming in the future? Not only do we have... As we've talked, you know, you and I have talked about on this show, challenges related to legal access to water going forward. We also have this challenge of of climate change, which depending on how you look at it, that may or may not be a big challenge. But I don't think there's any doubt that it is going to be something that we need to be looking at as we go to the future. Climate change is something that is going to cause more challenges for us as we go forward. I've heard some say that potentially climate change could mean summers that are even hotter and drier, but potentially winters maybe that are are wetter and cooler. I don't know if they'll be cooler, but more precipitation in the wintertime. Well, and that's one of the encouraging things that we've said about, at least for the projections here in, in Whatcom County in Western Washington, they're not talking about less water coming down. Total. They're talking total. They're talking about it coming down at different times. So more water in the you know, winter, spring, fall range, less, even less rain in the summer, which is going to cause us even more challenges for our growing season, for sure. Well, maybe to jump ahead to kind of the, the crux of the issue then, how does a whole bunch of water, and we know we get a lot of it in the wintertime, how does that wintertime water, rain, snow, floods how does that help us when we get to this time of year when things are bone dry and the streams are running lower than they should be particularly for fish well for our farmers we receive an awful lot of our you know a lot of guys get their their moisture their water from uh, the aquifers underneath the ground, the Sumas Abbotsford and, and other places where there's a lot of water available. That's probably 85%. Uh, you know, another group get water out of the surface water streams. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, the, I guess you could say that they are helping to replenish that soil all year round, right? That's there, that's there for the farmers to draw off all year round. So, you know, the concern is if those, what, what's going to happen once we start having challenges with, uh, with drought and with less water, what is that going to mean for how we withdraw those waters? And especially mm-hmm. for the guys in the surface water, if there's less water coming down in the summer, how are they going to irrigate their crops? It becomes a little bit of a challenge to discuss. 
So are some folks having issues irrigating right now and there's not enough water for them? Yeah, we are seeing, uh, you know, in in a, a few places, especially for the surface water withdrawals, you know, talking to folks in the, in the floodplain and others and spots where they don't have wells, where they're drying it out of places, uh, they some of them have what's known as interruptible rights. So once the, the, the river gets too low, they're not allowed to take mm. water out anymore. Well, you combine that, okay, now maybe we can no longer irrigate certain fields, Along with the, you know the the challenge of a super hot or super certainly super dry the last couple of months summer, and yeah, yeah, I've talked to a couple of folks that are looking at some some significant yield losses, you know, twenty thirty percent, maybe more in certain fields. Uh, that that creates some challenges. And, and this isn't talking about the heat damage that we heard about primarily in the berries. You're talking about damage caused by not enough water available. Exactly. So you know some of these fields, I mean, grass, corn, you know, maybe potatoes others places where we just don't have we can't water them right now and they need water so you're going to see you know crops starting to shrink up and and uh, you know the, the corn will get the leaves to kind of curl up and and uh, grass fields will just kind of go dormant um, those things are are, are are happening out there right now for some of these farmers which is a you know, real challenge for okay where am i if it's a dairy a lot of times that's a dairy where am i going to get my feed from next fall what does this look like yeah, a lot of people may not recognize the fact that all these crops are grown uh, oftentimes to feed the animals. That's right. Uh, at least in, right. in the local dairy world, the corn and the grass, a few other crops as well, but primarily those two uh, grown to feed the animals. And so if you can't grow enough crops, what are you going to feed your animals? Well, the only other option you have then is to buy uh, crops that are grown elsewhere, either locally or, you know, farther away that gets expensive that changes the whole equation that can put a farm out of business if they can't afford to feed their animals exactly right and i think you know this this brings us back to some of that challenge we've talked about with legal water rights and what that means for the nooksack because one of the things that the nooksack doesn't have that even places like the skagit or certainly eastern washington is storage for their water so we don't have, uh, especially for the Nooksack River, we don't have dams upstream that can uh, keep the water back. So, like, for instance, uh, something to look at in the Nooksack is we actually had quite a bit of snowpack. We had, uh, it was in excess of 120% of normal this year. It was looking really good. And then the super hot weather hit in June. And in a very short period of time, we went to, hey, we're doing great with a surplus to, oh, boy, you know, we're getting down to under what's known as in-stream flows, and we're kind of back to, we even ended up about a week ahead of where we would normally be. And that's with a high snowpack. That was because of the super high, we- you know, hot weather we had. And in other areas, um, in the, you know, Yakima Basin, for example, they have these storage basins that are ch- chock full of water, and they can release that over time to help feed the crops, to help the salmon, which is a key thing, getting that mm-hmm. cool, clean water down there. Right now, we don't have that option in the Nooksack, and that is a concern. But again, as you said earlier, a um, lion's share of irrigation water comes from the reservoir that we do have, which is is our groundwater, right? right. Which is replenished by all of that rainfall and runoff throughout the winter to yes. balance out what we, the problem that we talked about earlier is we have too much water in the winter, not enough in the dry parts of the summer. How to equalize those two and, and better manage that yeah, what, what is the, the trick there? Because it sounds like groundwater can be a great answer for, for farming and irrigation, and in a lot of cases already has been. Yes. But it's not necessarily the same answer for our streams 
and protecting salmon, which is, is another major concern um, in this water discussion that our community is in. Well, and that's one of the things that we would have been really encouraging folks to look at. That's why we've talked about people need to come to the table here and discuss these solutions because we do have aquifers that could be able to help. We've already shown, you know, the farmers showed a couple years ago in the Bertrand uh, Creek area that they could pump water out of groundwater wells, supplement the stream, which is only going to help the salmon, and do this during the low flow season, which is usually going to be August, September, and make a difference. But unfortunately, no one wants to really, or there are certain parties that really don't want to get together and discuss those collaborative solutions that could Mm. really help. Instead, we are stuck in a quagmire of discussing legal rights, what's legally happening. And, and that's why we're saying, you know, step, we need to step up to the plate and answer these questions now. You know, the, the issues with climate change are real. The issues with legal water rights are real. We can't wait 20 or 30 or more years for you know, this legal adjudication to go through to fix those because we won't have farms and fish left with the way things are going. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Governor Jay Inslee, uh, in the past week or so, declaring an official drought emergency in Washington state. And we talked with Pam Lewison a, a bit about the political machinations that went into that declaration and all that. But one of the comments he made was, and you could tell he was, you know, leveraging the the issue as hard as he could, not necessarily to help Washingtonians as much <laughs> as to highlight the threat of climate change, which certainly is a real thing. But I, you need to look at all, you know, the human impact as well as the ongoing issue. Uh, in saying that, he said, we can't keep pressing the snooze button on, on dealing with climate change. Well, an adjudication, a water rights adjudication, is pressing the snooze button on dealing with some of these issues here in the Nooksack Basin for decades. Yeah, that's a mighty big snooze button right there. Uh, well, yeah. That's being hit, hitting the snooze over and over and over again. Uh, you know, Pam was very correct in that, you know, in that analogy there, because it's, uh, well, and so was the governor, ironically yeah. enough, because yeah. it, it is a snooze. And, you know, he and Director Watson both talked about that we need to look at other solutions, and one of those solutions is water storage. So instead of going down that line, we're going the opposite way to create more challenges. Yeah. And it's really a hypocritical position to be on one hand saying we can't keep hitting snooze, um, to have an agency director say we need to be focused on drought resiliency and building storage, yet at the same time here in the Nooksack Basin be supporting a legal water rights adjudication, which is the opposite direction of not hitting snooze and getting to work on, on improving things. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, this legal situation that we're talking about with adjudication is going to cause everybody to stop doing what they're doing while we figure out who has legal rights and who doesn't. And if you look at what happened in the Yakima, it was, what, 42 years before they came to solution, and people are still appealing the solution. Yeah, we had uh, Don Jenkins with Capital Press on the show a couple of weeks ago on that exact issue, new legal uh, appeals filed in that case. So is the situation in Yakima even settled yet, 44 years later now? And why is the state pursuing a similar 
process here locally when that one is still dragging on yeah I, it boggles the mind by the way and we're, we're talking with fred lickle right now he's executive director of whatcom family farmers i'm dylan honkoop here on the farming show on kgmi um did i ever tell you fred i had this this uh dorm mate he wasn't my roommate thank goodness but a guy in my dorm a room or two down the hall from me in college who there was one morning in particular he loved the snooze button Okay. He set his alarm, I believe it was for 8 a.m., which in, in the world of college, that's early, right? <laughs> that's it may true. have been that's 9. This guy's a big-time night owl, right? Mm-hmm. He's up until 3 o'clock in the morning every mm-hmm. He kept hitting snooze, and, and I think th- those are what, like every seven minutes or something, sure. a lot of clocks? Uh, uh, he kept hitting snooze until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> 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 he could be working with Jay Inslee yeah, on this. He should be. He should be. If anybody yeah, knows how to do ecology. it, yes. my uh, dorm mate uh, Keith could show him how to hit there, the snooze button there, that long. There you go. There you go, Dylan. That's what we need. Every seven oh, minutes. Oh, man. You know, getting back to what we could be doing, though, you know, there are, there are plenty of things that we could be doing. And, 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 you know, We've listed water storage and stream augmentation as just a couple of those things. Yep. And those are things that we want to come to the table on. Uh, water use efficiency improvements. There are a lot of things that could be done to, to research this already. You know, the fruit guys have done a lot, you know, berry and fruit, uh, raspberry and blueberry, to look at how could we improve that. Some of the potato guys have as well. Um, there's always more that could be done. Um, we well, just, and this is ultimately to help fish. Yes. Yeah. Right? The idea is to get more fish in the river. Uh, it's an important thing for environmental purposes, but also cultural purposes for the local tribes, uh, economic purposes for them to be able to fish, catch fish, all of that. So then, you know, what about all of the options as well that can help the fish in the river beyond just water? I don't want to say that water isn't a part of that almost any one of those things but what about this proposal for a a alaskan style hatchery i you know we at walking family farmers would fully support that and i would think that others would too if you look at the research and the work that's been done behind it it could do an awful lot to bring more salmon into the you know into the picture um in a way that it works reasonably well with the system um once again, instead of that being brought forward, it's being tabled in the background because we have to discuss legal water rights. And it, it brings to question, what is really the goal here? Is the goal to save salmon and farms, or is it to discuss who's got what legally? Um, why don't we come to the table and discuss what our needs are and discuss how we can meet those? Because the solutions are right there. And if you talk to those who have been engaged, including attorneys and you know, former heads of Department of Ecology and others, they, they will scratch their heads at. We feel like the solutions are right there in Whatcom County to work with. We just need to be able to sit down as a community and work through what those could look like. And groups still, even with all of that as the backdrop, still refuse to come to the table so far and, and sit down and actually talk about this. It, it they, I would say the, the word refuse may be a bit strong, but they certainly are um, dragging their feet on hmm. let's get together and discuss collaborative solutions unless we have this legal process first. Well, well, why wouldn't you? I mean, regardless of the legal backdrop, and we could haggle about that at any time, but why would anyone who really cares about fish and really cares about local food and farming 
and the future of this community. Why would anyone not want to say, absolutely, I'm jumping on that right now. Let's get together and see what we can get working on. That's the, the big, you've asked the big question right there, Dylan. It is, it is one that I, I fail to see the answer to um, other than we just want an adjudication. Uh, that, that's, that's all we hear. Well, who does that benefit? Um, probably a bunch of attorneys. Um, you know, maybe it's issues with control of water. Um, I would imagine nobody's going to want to admit to that. That could be, mm. you know, a, a big part of it as well. Um, you know, the Department of Ecology stands to gain a lot as far as talk about guaranteed jobs. They'll have 40 years worth of a job. Um, you know, that's somebody mm. we should certainly be looking at because it sure doesn't seem like they really put out an honest analysis of what an adjudication could and would do, given what happened in the Yakima. Um, well, we don't really even know all of the answers of what actually happened in the Yakima, how much it cost, what all went down. Some of those details still haven't been answered. No, exactly. It was just everything is all roses when it came to the Department of Ecology and, and an adjudication. And all of those negatives um, were never answered. And now we're going to see those negatives starting to come out and the challenges that we have, you know, the chickens are coming to roost, basically. Yeah. See, Senator uh, Doug Erickson, who was on the program talking about it um, uh, recently, uh, about his letter that he sent to the State Department of Ecology. In that letter, he called it a sales job mm. of them trying to, to sell this whole idea of a, a water rights adjudication being a great option. It's going to do all these good things, and it's going to cause minimal harm. Um it just doesn't seem to add up and you know adjudication or not it's mind-boggling to me that anyone who truly genuinely cares about our rivers and streams and fish and local food and farming in our community uh, why someone who who is in that position wouldn't want to jump at the chance to work together um, across divides in the community to really get things done. Let's bring fish back and let's do it in a few years. Let's hammer down. Let's get on with it. I, that's what I'm hearing right now from the farming community. What, what is this about the table and coming to the table? What's, you know, the farming community is saying they're at the table. Has yes. that been an issue in the past, getting farmers to be on board with this? It hasn't Certainly been that not. I've heard. No, I mean, the, the farmers have struggled with, because of the way the rules were created and because, um, at, at least for many, the, the idea of groundwater rights was not made clear to them, as we've discussed in this show, you know, mm -hmm. probably 60, 70, 80 years ago, uh, they, some of them w would hold more junior rights than even like some of the cities and, and certainly the tribes. So they're in a lot of an, you know, an insecure position just as much as anybody else, they would love to see, you know, let's come to the table. Let's discuss solutions. Let's talk this out. But unfortunately, um, too many times uh, laws and agendas get in the way. Uh, and we could really use a reset on some of these laws. We could use Governor Inslee and his ecology staff to come to the table to discuss real solutions, yeah. not just adjudication. Yeah, put their money where their mouth is as far as this whole uh, snooze button idea and ditching the snooze button and actually rolling up the sleeves and getting to work on real solutions. Fred Lickle, Executive Director of Watkin Family Farmers, with me here on the farming show this morning. Fred, thanks, uh, thanks for your time to chat with us this morning. Thank you, Dylan.